Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 79, which begins with the Acolyte stealing gas out of a tanker truck, and it ends with Max in hot pursuit of the bikies. I really like this minute. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Just, there's one particular stunt that is the centerpiece of this minute. Yes. And it makes it pretty cool. All worth it. So we start off this minute watching the Acolyte lieutenants leave the bar that we mentioned yesterday. And they're kicking up dust as they go. And then we wipe, which I feel like there's a lot of wipes in this minute. I think there only ends up being like two. But wipes are really obvious transitions. Like they're super noticeable. And when you start seeing them in succession, you know, once you're aware of of them, they just, they're hard to ignore. It's like when you go back and watch old Star Wars movies, you know, there's so many wipes. Yes. So we see this fuel tanker and it is then revealed to us that it is following Clunk. Who is driving very slowly. Who is driving very slowly. And it's not just that he's driving slowly, but he's got a mannequin (laughs) perched on the back of his motorcycle. Yes. Now, we had a bit of a disagreement about the The nature of this mannequin. I am under the impression that it is polystyrene. The mannequin that was shot up on the beach earlier. And I think it's a new one. Mm -hmm. We have seen him snatch things before, Mm -hmm. and I think he snatched himself a fresh mannequin. And the main argument for that is that we don't see Clunk with a mannequin at the farm. Right. Like, he's riding... And it's entirely possible that they went back to base camp, he decided he wanted his mannequin with him the next time he headed out. Mm -hmm. So, it's entirely possible that it is, but once your mannequin has been shot in the face... Don't you kind of want a new one? It is a valid argument. And I'm not quite sure which one I want to go with. Like which one I'm like, oh, this definitely or that definitely. Yeah. But yours definitely makes more sense. (laughs) It's more reasonable. Okay. For sure. Okay. Uh, Before we move on to the rest of this scheme, I would like to point out that the tanker that seems like like the, the driver is completely oblivious to this whole thing. Um, don't you think it's suspicious when a motorcycle is driving super slow down the road in yeah. front of you? What's What stands out to me about this sequence is that it's not that there's one driver. There's a passenger in that cab, too. It's mm. really hard to see when the image is really small. Yeah, but I never noticed. you've got one driver and you've got one passenger and they're sitting up there in the cab as they're driving behind Clunk here. Yeah. And I imagine the conversation they're having is like, can you believe this guy? Right. Like, could he pick up the pace a little bit? We're going like 10 miles an hour up this Okay, hill. the next time that we are stuck behind somebody slow, I'm going to wonder if there's some sort of heist going on right behind me. The nice thing about that is that your car is nowhere near as big. <laughs> no. Now as a tanker truck. If if the passenger yes, 
if the passenger had been looking in the mirror at the right time, they would have had no problem seeing the gang members climbing onto the tanker. Right. Because as the tanker passes the camera... Going super slow. (laughs) Starbuck and Johnny are carrying these gas cans and they run up behind the truck and... Just hop on the Just back. Hop on the back like Easy it's nothing. Easy as you please. <laughs> I mean, you can tell they're they're working to run. Right. Because even a slow moving vehicle is, you know, you got to run to keep up. Yeah. You 10 know? miles an hour is not easy to get to if you're not like practiced at it. Right. And I doubt that these guys are in top notch shape. Right. They are scrambling very noticeably. Yes. And there are so many little details to this sequence that I love. And the fact that they have to work so hard to catch up to the truck. Right. Is one of those details I love. And just this whole plan in general. It's just such a solid plan. Yeah. And it works so well. Yeah. Every little piece just comes together. You yep. can you can tell that these guys have been working oh, together for a long time. Oh, they do it all the time. And have we never discussed before how they fuel their bikes? Nope. It's never come up before. It's never come up before, which I find surprising. Although we did theorize that Knight Rider's name, Knight Rider, was a title and that he was running fuel, arms, drugs. Yeah. I think that's the only time fuel has actually come up. I was going to say, fuel is definitely not as Right. It's not really a thing in this yet. movie as it is in the next three. Right. I think... Which I think is why we're so delighted by this scene. Yeah. Is because this scene ties this movie once again into the other movies. Right. Because this is not the last time that we're going to see a bunch of tough ne'er-do-wells assault a tanker truck with the intention of getting the gas inside. Yes. Okay, so Johnny and Starbuck make it up to the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. And they hop on. And, and then, then here comes Mud Guts. As Johnny and Starbuck get to the back of the car... Mudguts comes out of seemingly nowhere, yeah. grabs a pole that was sitting against the side of this hill yeah, or which bluff you can, or whatever it's you called. You can see it if you if you go back and look at look for it. You can mm. see it sitting there. But he comes out of seemingly nowhere and just vaults out into open air. And it's amazing when you just like play and pause to watch the incredible distance that he had to cover. Right. Like the entire to reach a width. moving vehicle. The entire width of that truck could fit in the space that he's vaulting across. Oh, yes. And he doesn't even land super solid, it looks like. He lands on the curvature, like the upper part of the curvature of the tank, not the flat top. So So he still had to, once his feet got on there, he still had to grapple to secure himself. So this is David Brocks. This is the actor that plays Mudguts. He's also... uh, practiced stuntman and did a lot of his own stunts as mud guts yeah but this is him running vaulting and then he has to time it just right so that this truck which is traveling like we said probably about 10 miles an hour that he has to time it right so that when he reaches the other end of that vault that there actually is a truck for him to land on and he said in an interview in the mad max behind the scenes documentary that it was incredibly harrowing to just time it that perfectly to get the running start to get on the pole and just go and trust that it works <laughs> right i wonder if i I'm, I'm wondering about safety measures and i know we've kind of poked fun in the past both exaggerating and not exaggerating 
about the lack of safety on the set. But I cannot imagine them just doing this stunt as we see it. Just simply pole vaulting across between a bluff and a car and a truck. So I wonder what safety measures were in place. And I'm, I'm wondering if they had him like attached to a harness and if it looked like he wasn't going to make it to the truck, if they could just yank him back to the bluff, still on, still on the pole, yank him back to the bluff. I That's wonder. not what it looks like. No, it looks like he is just on his own and he just vaults out there. From what I remember of the interview, that's exactly what it was. Wow, that is... He just is, vaulted. That's crazy. Yeah. It is very impressive. Yes. And it's <sighs> definitely crazy. the most spectacular part of this stunt. Yes. And I mean, it's fairly simple when you just watch it in sequence, but when you really break it down, it's like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. he could have... Yeah, put yourself in his shoes. He could have eaten it hard. <laughs> It could have been very, very bad. Yeah. So, this pole vault, does it make you think of anything else? You mean like the pole rats? Yes. In Fury Road? Yes. Yeah. That's That That made me like really happy. Yeah. Because I love, in Fury Road, I just, oh, I love the visuals of those guys like swinging back and forth. It's like slow and graceful. And I think Max gets on one at one point and i think at one point somebody accidentally gets caught on one and doesn't want to and it's used to such great effect and it's just it's so attractive it makes you want to do it it's like a ride (laughs) like oh i want to swing back and forth on that pole it looks fun yeah as a it looks like something all right that's for sure (laughs) so after we see Mudguts make that very graceful vault over to the truck. He, like you said, lands kind of on the upper edge of that tanker, and they they cut to Diabondo, who throws a length of clear tubing over to Mudguts. Yeah. And I feel like this vault and the tube getting thrown over, yeah, if the passenger had been paying attention, like, he definitely would oh, have seen it. Oh, he would have seen it. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm not sure there's much he could have necessarily done to stop them. For well, one thing, they're outnumbered four to two. Right. When you when you factor in Clunk as one of the people that would you know interfere, but uh, I'm just trying. To, well, the guys driving are probably armed. You think? Yeah. Probably just trucker culture type of thing. Yeah. I mean, don't you think most truckers have a gun in their cab? They do seem like the sort that would be very because I mean Second Amendment friendly. Well, not even that. I. I, I think they are... Oh, you think just because the roads are so dangerous at this point in the no, movie's history? No, I'm talking about all truckers. Like, just in general? Just truckers in general. They are carrying loads worth immense amounts of money. Yeah. Plus, the rigs themselves. They often, sometimes, own their own rig, which is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And they're alone. They don't usually ride with a passenger like we see in this tanker. And the value only goes up when you're talking about fuel. Yeah. And they're out there alone. So, yeah, that does make a lot of sense when you say it like that. I I think it only makes sense that truckers are armed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, how many times in movies have we seen a trucker pick up a hitchhiker and then end up dead? And the hitchhiker has taken the truck. Yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I don't watch too many trucker movies, though. Well. Technically, Fury Road and Road Warrior are both trucker movies, but. (laughs) Hush. Uh, I also, watching this sequence, I also wondered about Diabondo's role. Yeah. And I have a couple of things to say. Okay. First of all, I wondered about him throwing the tubing. That's pretty risky. Right. If the tubing is not caught and falls to the ground, which is a huge possibility, 
the whole thing is done for. Right. Like, this uh, is a key part of the puzzle here. It is. Here. It's very important. So why trust it to be thrown over? Why not have Mudguts, like, tie it to his belt or loop it over his shoulder or loop it around his neck or something? What I think is that as serious as real world behind the scenes actors, as serious as they're taking this stunt, so are the characters in universe. Yeah. Mudguts, Diabondo, the whole team, they realize what a stunt this is. And they don't want to burden Mudguts with this piece of thing to maybe get in his way. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think in-universe, it's recognized that that's dangerous. And it is a pretty easy throw. It is a pretty easy throw. And My second thing about Diabondo is we question, I think we both wrote it in our notes, or maybe we talked about it. We don't see them get back to their bikes. Right. They just They're kind just of... all of a sudden on their bikes. They in a use movie of magic to just warp them back to their motorcycles. Yes. So I think that that's Diabondo's job. To kind of ferry them back and forth. Is to... He's probably got a truck because we know that they have... You know, they're not... They've got friends that have them. Yes. We know that they're not solely a motorcycle gang. They're more of a criminal gang who happens to ride motorcycles. Yeah. But they have other vehicles at their disposal. Yeah. So I think that they've got a truck somewhere and Diabondo gets them back to the bikes. That makes sense. Yeah. For sure. That's his role to play. So Mudguts gets the tubing. We get kind of a close-up as he opens up the top and starts feeding the tube in. And then he feeds it back to Starbuck and Johnny, who take the gasoline and fill up the cans. So they are siphoning here. Yes. So siphons are pretty much just like when you use a drinking straw. What it does is it relies on air pressure pressing down on a body of liquid, and it forces that liquid up through a vacuumed tube and... The reason that the gasoline keeps flowing here is because there's no air in that tube. They keep the opening facing down so that there's only space for the liquid to flow out. Like when you're using a drinking straw, a lot of the times the straw is facing up so that as soon as you let go of it with your mouth, air rushes into the top, the liquid stops flowing out. But if you got the straw bent over so that air could not rush up into it the air pressure will push down on your drink and your drink will flow from one glass into the next or out onto the table or however you set it up it's a siphon it's home home science you can do and have fun with it but directly relating to gas i went on wikihow.com to their siphon gas page and i found out that there are three main methods for gas siphoning one is siphoning by creating pressure in the tank which is Far too complicated for this type of gas siphoning. You know, pulling gas out of a giant tanker because you need two tubes. One for the gas to flow out of and one for you to blow air through. So Plus you need a seal. Exactly. So you blow into one tube into the gas tank. There's like kind of a a wad of fabric or some sort of seal wrapped around those two tubes that block the opening to the gas tank and as you blow into the one tube the air pressure increases inside the tank and it flows out the other tube doing it that way kind of like uh like a reverse straw number two is using a siphon pump which is a more complicated version of the tubing that Mudguts has here it basically includes a hand pump that pulls the gas out and then feeds it along down the line. Right. It's siphoning for people who don't want to get gasoline in their mouth. Exactly. Which is the third method, which is traditional mouth siphoning, which, according to WikiHow, is not advised. (laughs) Uh, I 
say so. Basically, using mouth siphoning, you're pulling all of the air out of that tube yourself. Right. So you suck all the air out until it's just gasoline, which means you get gasoline in your mouth. Yeah. So that's that's the method that I like learned about siphoning. So it's important from, like, to movies and stuff. It's important to say that gasoline contains numerous chemical compounds called hydrocarbons, which are poisonous to humans. Swallowing gasoline or breathing in its vapors can lead to numerous unpleasant, even potentially life-threatening symptoms, including difficulty breathing, localized irritation, vision loss, stomach pain, vomiting, sometimes with blood, drowsiness, cognitive impairment, and just more. Right. Like gasoline will straight up mess you up if you ingest it. Right. So yeah, Mudguts is kind of walking a tight line here because he is definitely using method three. (laughs) Yes. And it's interesting. They actually don't show us how he gets the siphon going. It's just the tube is all of a sudden flowing. I feel like they did that on purpose because they don't necessarily want to show people exactly how to siphon gas out of a tanker trailer. And it's funny because... I, okay, I say I learned how to siphon gas like I've actually done it. Okay, I've seen it done in the movie that we've talked about before, Town Like Alice, Mm -hmm. is where I, like, learned how to siphon gasoline. Yeah. And he, you see it, he does it. I mean, it's it's not gasoline, I'm sure. Yeah. That he's actually doing it with, but they show you exactly how to start a siphon. Yeah, WikiHow talks about siphoning in terms of, like, if you need to winterize a vehicle, pull all the gas out of its gas tank type of thing. Right. Not so much, hey, this is how to steal gas from your neighbor. Right. And they mention that if you're using method three, you want to like pull the air out like like you're pulling the air out of a cigar or something like that. Just pulling the air into your mouth instead of actually inhaling it. Of course. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's it's just... If you're going to siphon gas out of a tank, try and do methods one and two before you resort to three, for sure. It's a little bit more pre-planning required. Which, it's interesting because these guys, I mean, obviously they did a lot of pre-planning and it worked out perfectly. But, of course they would do number three because it requires the least amount of objects. Right, right. To do it. It's the most, like, DIY. Yeah, and it's it's the lightest thing, the easiest yep. and fastest All they way. need is one tube and containers. Right, yeah. Which, they do a fairly good job of not losing too much gasoline. Yeah. I mean, it certainly does splash everywhere, but... Right. What I also really like about this plan is they have, what, two, like, three or four containers? I feel like it's, maybe yeah, Maybe five gallons each or so. For motorcycles, that's kind of plenty. I mean, the the tanks are not large. Uh, So they say they steal 20 gallons. The tanker will never notice 20 gallons missing. Not from a tanker that size. That is nothing to them. I mean, in modern times now, and I suppose probably, you know, back in the late 70s as well, you know, uh, tankers and semis are weighed at point A, point B, and possibly in between. So that they know they would be able to tell if they were missing 20 gallons. But on the other hand, 20 gallons is not that much. Are you calculating how much weight that is? I know water is 5 pounds per gallon. A U.S. liquid gallon of water weighs about 8.34 pounds. pounds. Ah, I knew that! I knew that! Or 3.78 kilograms. Right, because a a 5 gallon bucket of like the Poland Springs tanks are 40 pounds. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. I, I I know that from experience, <laughs> not so much from calculating. Right. 
But um, but gasoline is less dense than water, I think. So, talking about like maybe a hundred pounds, twenty gallons. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna. Okay. Like you can tell that gasoline and oil specifically is less dense than water because oil will sit on the surface of water. Yes. So if a gallon of water is, let's say, 8 pounds, and you're still in 20 gallons, that's 160 pounds. If it's less dense than water, I kind of cut off about 10 pounds round down. So that would be like 150. If it's even less dense than that, that's why I kind of rounded it down to 100. Because I feel like 100 pounds on a weigh-in would sort of be noticeable, but, you know, negligible. 121 pounds. There we go. Cut the difference. That works. Yep. Uh, so I think 121 pounds would show up if they if it was being weighed, you know, with precision at point A and then again at point B. But other than that, nobody would ever notice. No, I don't think so. No, nope. and and they certainly wouldn't notice en route. Right. Exactly. They might they might notice at the destination that they're uh, 120 pounds light, but they would never know when it happened. Exactly. So these small scale thefts. Of gasoline, probably a good idea. So after they're done siphoning, they pretty much just hang out on the back of the truck as it drives along. And Mudguts is being Mudguts. Yep, hanging upside down by his ankles from the... From the ladder. Little ladder that's on the back of the truck there. So as the truck is rolling down the road here, it passes the black on black. And it's really hard to see specifically if... The gang members are on still on the back of the truck because the truck is so far away in this shot. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure with the fact that Max is sitting there waiting for them to drive by that he would see them on the back and that's why he pulls out. So you think they're there? I think they're there. Yeah. Because the truck is going really fast for them to jump off. Right. Far too fast for them to jump off. Now, but, but Clunk is gone. Mm-hmm. So do you think... Clunk pulled away once everybody who was going to be on the truck was on the truck. I think so. To avoid suspicion. Yeah. Okay. That seems right. So Clunk they probably need doubled to... back to get Diabondo so that Diabondo and Clunk could jump on their bikes and get go the... get two Some... of them, ferry them back. They get their bikes. Someone grabs Johnny, I... brings him back. You know, hop, skip back and forth. Or so they just get a truck. Bikes. Well, you know, whatever works. Uh. So this scene. Just thinking about them getting off the truck. I was like, they just wait for a stop sign. We, I don't think we've ever seen a stop sign in this movie yet. I'm pretty sure they exist in this world. Okay. Yeah. If one-way streets exist, stop signs exist. Okay. I think stop signs are going to outlast all of us. <laughs> so, anyway. So, this scene specifically is Exford Road. And the entry on the MadMaxMovies.com location site says the Toecutters gang steals petrol from the tanker at the two bridges near the intersection of Exford Road and Griegs Road in Exford, Victoria. The tanker actually goes up the road on the Exford Road side and then comes down through the cutting on the Griegs Road side. Max is parked on Exford Road. Okay. Yep. And one of the things that's kind of like frustrating about movies sometimes is that when you want details like this format that we're doing you don't sometimes get them because as max pulls out to follow the tanker we wipe to just all of the bikes and all of the gang members gassed up fueled ready to go and barreling down this road was the point of him pulling out when there's no follow-through we don't even know if he followed the tanker maybe he went in the opposite direction the important thing to note here is that we see Max in, like, 
two shots. Like, right. he's going to show up again. So the implication is that he saw them on the back of the truck, and now he's followed them to this point. Yes. Just lets us know he's in the same neighborhood. Right. Which they're about to reveal anyways. Yeah. So this road looks drastically different than the road we were just on with the tanker truck. Because it is lined with just so many trees. So many trees along this road. And it too has an entry on the the locations page. This is Farm Road. It's another location which stands out in the film due to the long lines of trees by the roadside. Note that for Mad Max, this is actually quite different to most of the terrain, which is usually fairly featureless. This is made fairly obvious in the transition from this scene to the continuing chase scene on Kirksbridge Road, which we're going to see tomorrow. Right. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be some high-flying hijinks tomorrow mm-hmm. to look forward to, for sure. But back to the minute, we see the gang is together again with Mudguts out front again, followed closely by Diabondo in his yellow helmet. And then we've got Clunk, Starbuck, and then Johnny is kind of bringing up the bringing rear. Up the rear. Again. So that seems to be their, their marching order Yeah. that they've established for themselves. And you see them all come towards the camera and pass it. And then we kind of stick behind Johnny for a little bit. But then he pulls ahead and just ever so smoothly, the black on black appears. Yes. Just kind of comes into frame. And it's not like a loud roar of an engine. It's kind of like a... Oh, yeah, not at all. Nice, quiet running noise as it kind of sneaks up behind them. Almost like it doesn't want to alert them too soon of its presence. Yes. This seems to be a type of shot that George Miller likes to use. Like, we're looking at something, and unbeknownst to us... Something is just behind the camera. Yeah. And then the camera backs up and it's revealed. And I like that shot. It's it's not your traditional cut. Mm-hmm. And especially some of the cuts in this movie are odd. So I appreciate it when a non-cut is used very effectively to yeah. tell us a story. Like this is telling us... They don't know he's there. Yeah, and he's been following he them for a is, while. like, sneaking up on them. He snuck up on us. He's sneaking up on them. Yeah, it's great. And I love the next shot that we get because the black-on-black drives by the camera and then it switches to a front view of the car. And it's great because if this were a left-hand side drive, mm-hmm. like an American car, we'd be able to see Max. But because it is right-hand side drive, we can't see him. He's obscured by the blower. And so it's almost like the black on black is a beast in and of itself. Almost like it's from Christine or Maximum Overdrive, a car that has come alive and is hungry for the blood of ne'er-do-wells. Yes. And it's a cool idea, the idea that this beast is alive. But you know, as we know, it's it's not necessarily operating on its own. It's Max. Max and the Black on Black are working together to hunt these guys down. It's a yes. very cool image. I think it reiterates the imagery that we saw when he first went and got the Black on Black. Max walked into the garage, he into the darkness, he faded away, came back out as the Black on Black. Yeah, it's very cool. So he is creeping up on them now, but when we come back tomorrow, he's going to, you know, give them a bit of a time for sure. He's done his research. He's gotten some answers that he needs and it is time to act. Yep. So he is going to take out those lower echelons of the hierarchy of the gang. Get them out of the way first. Yep. Which is really smart when you, when you cut off the head, there's always the chance that Bubba could just step up and take over. Yep. Well, he's cutting the feet out first. 
Yep. Yeah, and it's that way. When the head goes, there's nothing to replace it. Crazy cool the yeah. way the way it all happens out. <laughs> so come back for that. Yes. for sure. In the meantime, our website is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute. Like us on Facebook and join our listeners page, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 79. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and men, take me to the end.